good afternoon and welcome to your DIY Health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Thursday, August 13th, 2020. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Then you visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And everything is there, all kinds of information, the Longevity Nutritional Supplements we talk about, the uh, CBD oils by CTFO, the Pulsed Electromagnetic Therapy Unit that you can find under the Circulation section under the Trinity of Health tab, the Cerule Stem Enhanced Ultra, the X39 Patch by LifeWave, and of course the coffee I drink, Gano XL Classic. It's all there, all have uh, uh, money-back guarantees, all purchases support the show, and uh, if you happen to find something that you don't care for, you can get a refund. Um, if you have any questions about anything, hit the contact me button, send me a question via email or call and leave a message. And we'll get back with you as soon as possible and hopefully get you on the right track. And, uh, of course, uh, if you want to know more about the radio shows and things, go to the radio show tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. And then uh, just bookmark it, and you'll be good to go. There's uh, over 370 shows or so there now, uh, close to it. And um, all the shows we do, both networks are there. And we encourage you to take advantage of them, share them via email and social media so your friends and family can find out about how to restore their health naturally. And um, just have fun with it. And uh, scroll down a little further, and you'll see the information on all the shows we do, when they're on, how do you listen, all that kind of thing. And then at the bottom of the page, you'll see the link to our Facebook page set up through uh, for the Facebook, <laughs> Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the um, chat room. So we encourage you to take advantage of all that stuff. Have fun. Remember the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the People's Patriot Network owners or sponsors or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only so that as a responsible adult, you can do your own due diligence and research and make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, um, uh, also, uh, nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can make uh, do your own research and everything, make sure everything's right for you. Um, now, I've got to try and figure out, you know, Mike Gaddy is usually our guest on Thursdays, and last week we basically found that uh, phone conversation worked better than internet connection with Mike and I'm trying to find that phone number <laughs> so I can call him and of course the goofy thing is not showing up let's see Robert sent it to me if I can find the chat that he sent me and then copy it good grief uh, <laughs> sorry about that um, man Never fails. I should have thought about that ahead of time. I didn't because I normally we contact via uh, Skype, but um, lately it's been so bad that uh, I figured we'll just go ahead and call him on the phone this time and uh, try that. But good grief, can't find that. Can't find Robert to find the number that he sent me. Good grief. I hate the way Skype is set up. There we go. Hopefully it's in here. Ah, there's the number. If I can copy it, then we will go to calls and paste the number in. I'm going to have to set that up in my, whatchamacallit, 
and hopefully Mike will answer. One ringy dingy. Three ringy dingies. Hello. Hey, Mike. I, I almost forgot I was going to call you uh, on the phone today so we get a better connection. And uh, hopefully you were All waiting right. and ready. But uh, welcome. How's it going today? Hey, I'm going pretty going pretty well, actually. We had uh, some cooling off uh, heavy thunderstorms yesterday, a little cooler, not near 100, so it's a lot better. How about you? Yeah, we've. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we were supposed to be getting rain all this week. I made sure I got my grass cut Sunday afternoon because that was supposed to be the last day my weather app was showing rain through, like, Sunday. And we haven't had a drop. It's all past the north of us or south of us, but we've just been staying dry and quiet. But it's cooled down considerably. It's a lot nicer. As a matter of fact, I ought to turn off the air and open the windows again. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot nicer here, too. Beautiful sunny day here in central Ohio, uh, showing 85 degrees, so maybe it's better that I leave the AC on. <laughs> uh, my wife works in the hospital, and she's, you know, it's kept super cool there so she comes home and if it's not super cool here she freaks out and wants it to be warm uh, wants it to stay cool <laughs> so anyway but i thought it might be interesting today since uh old sleepy joe has officially announced his vp pick that uh and it is uh, kamala harris so the old thing is joe in the hoe <laughs> but um <laughs> Uh, I thought it would be interesting because her father is Jamaican and her mother is Indian. thought it might be interesting to discuss whether she is could be considered, a fa in fact, a natural-born citizen for the qualifications of the Office of President of the United States, since it's quite obvious that uh, if Joe happens to make get elected, uh, he will not make it through probably the first couple of months, let alone his first term, before he steps down and lets his VP become P. And that should be a big issue here. Well, according to the 25th Amendment, uh, all it takes is the cabinet and the vice president to decide he's incompetent anyway. And I, I think that that would probably happen forthwith, especially yeah. if he makes a few uh, faux pas in the press or what have you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as much as I believe that is a qualifiable argument, we already know that from Obama it's going to be ignored by the media. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But I'd still like to see what uh, the educated people think about it. <laughs> well, I, I agree. Uh, I agree, Jim. And the thing also that I thought about was uh, here is the party of, you know, of Everything has to be just right. Nobody can be discriminatory. Nobody can do anything. You know, everything has to be fair and just. And here we have a president with all kinds of allegations uh, going back for years about sexual impropriety. And he's at the top of the ticket. And the vice president is a former prosecutor who put tons of black people in prison in California. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the hypocrisy is overwhelming. Yeah. Everywhere you turn, you know, uh, at, at one point he was being accused of uh, uh, whatever you want to call it by the uh, person that used to work for him when he was a senator. And um, Kamala Harris has come out and said that she ag agreed with that person, believed that he was a, an abuser. And now he picks her as his running mate. Uh, there's so many inconsistencies here and so many things that if you look at it, it makes you scratch your head. And it just it goes to the, the absolute insanity of the Democratic Party right now. Um, how these two came together, and it's obvious because the people that are running the show, which is not either of them, uh, felt that Biden's you know going to be out of there in no time. And they want someone that they can control completely and... Uh, who better than someone who's already got a track record of that? Uh, she's on record as letting people that, you know, the, the big money candidates off the hook. And, um, oh, man, the Catholic Church got a bypass for him, you know, from him. And, you know, so many different things. Um, a lousy prosecutor <laughs> from everything well, I've seen. The other thing that really bothers me is I don't believe 
very possibly in the Democratic Party. I don't believe there's anyone any more anti uh, Second Amendment than Kamala Harris. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing between her stand on the Second Amendment and on fracking. Those two things should basically um, really be an eye opener for a lot. You know, Texas, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Dakota, uh, all the states that have major fracking operations, regardless of what you think about fracking. Um, the fact that she is against it and wants to do away with it, um, those are states that they need to win. <laughs> and, you know, if people realize that Biden is going to be, you know, a 10-minute president and uh, she's going to take over shortly thereafter, without a doubt, I mean, he's actually come out and said several times, whoever he picks has to be ready to take over from day one. <laughs> so that should tell you something. And... um you can reasonably assume that this VP is going to be the P sometime along the line, and you got to be careful of who, who it is you're going to pick. Um, I would say the vice presidential, uh, the running mate in this case, is more important than in any other uh, election in history. Sorry well, about that. Well, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, agree with you more, Dave. This is, uh, but here is. You know, I look at this, and, and I'm sorry, this is my perspective, but I look at this as a soap opera uh, to entertain uh, Bubis Americanus mm -hmm. because uh, regardless, and I, th I think the Trump presidency proves this more than anything else, regardless of who we elect, there are people behind the scenes who run the government. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, this is kind of like a soap opera they give us to watch uh, to get all uh, emotionally involved in, just like any other soap opera on TV. And it, it really, it's uh, if uh, Shakespeare was to write a play about it, it would be much ado about nothing. <laughs> yep. Oh, goodness. You know, um, going back to the uh, natural-born citizen thing, Article uh, 2, Section 1, where it says, no person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. And unfortunately, there's no official definition of natural-born citizen. And that's obviously become quite a problem, as we saw with Obama. And we have to, I'm sure, go back into history to see exactly what they believed a natural-born citizen to be. And I've heard a lot of different things over the years and you know the it they really can't even pass a law that says what a natural born citizen is because it's got to be defined by the constitution i would think um isn't that what you would say oh well you know i would agree with that i think there should be some definition which they conveniently left out uh but uh, if we go to Battelle's Law of Nations, it's pretty well defined in there what a citizen is. Uh, unfortunately, if we look at that and if we take it on its face value, Ted Cruz was not uh, eligible to be president right. either. Yeah, I was saying that all along. Ted Cruz, I don't think Mario, uh, Mario Rubio was either, or Marco Rubio was either, was he? Well, I think you're correct on that as well. Um mm -hmm. But uh, obviously, from the very get-go, because I know uh, doing the research back in 2008 uh, on Obama myself and checking all of that, and that was such a farce, but uh, that was, again, when the powers that be had decided who was going to be president, and it didn't make any difference what you found. Right. So, uh, so that is the same thing I think we will see this time. And this is great discussion material, Dave. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to make that a, nu a nugatory, but uh, still, I I believe that when it comes to the powers that be, they don't really care. Oh yeah, that's uh, been proven. And you know, and I I, I think of it uh, several many times, and a lot of people don't know that in our history, in 1786 that we actually made an offer to a foreign monarch to come and be president of the United States. Hmm. And so, and you know, that that's been shuffled up in history and we've had people try to say it didn't happen, but there's documents that prove that we actually did. There was actually the president at that time under the articles of confederation actually extended an offer to a foreign uh, prince. I believe he was at the time 
to come and be the monarch of the United States. When was that? So this was in 1786, the year before the Constitution. We were still under the Articles of Confederation. Oh, okay. So it was 1786, and that offer was made. Hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, the person declined. Uh, I'm not sure what have happened happened if he had accepted. I think that would have been uh, uh, quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing we look we overlook in our history. Uh, but the if we go by Battelle's uh, the Law of Nations, uh, there is no way that Obama could have been president. Uh, even you know, uh, and I remember one time uh, I found the actual documentation one time where. Uh, Michelle or Mike Obama, whichever one you like to go by, mm -hmm. uh, where she made this statement that uh, uh, something of, of, of about Barack and said uh, she actually said, well, when he was born in Kenya. Yeah, yeah. And of course, th then that disappears mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. I've got copies and all of that somewhere. <laughs> all of the lawsuits that came up, but uh, you know the the crazy thing about it. Dave, if we, I, I'm sorry, not Dave, uh, Jim, <laughs> if we, uh, uh, if we look at the 14th amendment and we, and, you know, we can say the 14th amendment wasn't properly ratified and that would be correct. We can all say the 16th and 17th were properly ratified right. and that would also be correct, mm -hmm. but we have a judicial system that allows it. So, and, and the judicial system has made reference to it on several occasions on to all three. And uh, when a gentleman from Chicago brought evidence before a federal court in uh, Illinois, uh, Chicago to be exact, he brought in a documented evidence. He had taken a year off from work and had traveled to every state in the union, and he had gotten together the evidence that the 16th Amendment had never been properly ratified, and he brought it before a federal judge in Chicago, and the judge seized all of his records and charged him with uh, a conspiracy to uh, evade taxes. Yeah, so I've actually got know... a copy. It's a it's actually two volumes, eight and a half by eleven. It's called the Law That right. Never Was. I've got a copy right. of it somewhere here in my office. And that was wasn't Red Beckman involved in that? He was one of the guys involved. Um, I'm trying this. All of a sudden, my, I'm drawing a blank on the main guy, Bill Benson is the guy that yeah uh, there you go there you go thank yeah. you yeah bill benson did the book uh, beckman was involved in it but yeah he went to all he proved without a doubt that the uh, 16th amendment wasn't ratified and he reproduced all the documentation to show that how they uh some states voted against it when uh they said when they got to washington they said they voted for it others changed the wording which you can't do and a whole bunch of things um right but, yeah, I've got a copy of that book. Really neat book. Hard copy, real nice blue leather covers and all that. Well, if we, Jim, if we go by the 14th Amendment, mm -hmm. uh, Bill Clinton could not be president. That's Constitutionally, he could have not have been president of the United States. So uh, we've got uh, a series here of people who should not, uh, as a matter of fact, if the uh, Supreme Court was worth its salt, it would have stepped up and struck down many of these candidates, starting, mm -hmm. first of all, with Bill Clinton, and would have struck them down and said, sorry, constitutionally, you're not eligible to run for office. Uh, but we know that uh, the Supreme Court is owned and controlled by the same people who control the presidency. So right. uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's fun to talk about and to look at and say, oh, well, here's, a, here's another time that we haven't followed our, our documents. Yeah, it turns out just to be another source of frustration for the people that actually dig into this stuff and really research it. <laughs> right, and I think that's intentional. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's part of the overall psyop, Jim. Yeah. I think uh, to keep the people frustrated, to keep them at each other's throats. And I remember going, I went back uh, a couple of weeks ago and started looking through some of my notes on psyops. And one of the things that is big in the, and this, a lot of this study was taken actually from Goebbels in Germany. And it, uh, part of the uh, idea is if you can keep the people's mind in a constant state of turmoil, and if you can get them to look at contradictory things that make no sense, but you keep hitting the human mind with that, eventually 
the human mind will accept things that make no sense. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, I think there's evidence of that. I think we're looking at it right now. Yeah. And another thing, if you can get, convince people to believe absurdities, you can also convince them to commit atrocities. And, uh, you know, that's that true. That's being done on a daily basis now. You know, as, as something as minor as a mother putting face mask on their children, that's child abuse. Literally, that's an atrocity. Uh, or vaccinations. Well, <laughs> um, I, I had a. I read a doctor. I read a doctor's report about the deprivation of oxygen through mm-hmm. these masks. Oh yeah. And this doc, this doctor made the comment that if you see someone driving without, <laughs> I mean, if you see someone driving Stay wearing away. a mask, they could actually be charged with driving under the influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Shortly after this stuff started, there was a guy in uh, I think it was New Jersey was wearing an N95 mask and actually passed out from lack of oxygen. Ran his car into a tree, and uh, the the police report said, you know, he passed out through from lack of oxygen from wearing a face mask. And yet, you know, I see these people all the time now driving around, even when they're the only ones in the car with a face mask on. It's insane. Yeah. You know, these Kool-Aid drinkers are crazy. And uh, Well, the other day we were driving, my wife and I were driving down the highway, and there was this house with a, a long driveway. The driveway was probably somewhere between a quarter and a half a mile long. And here was a lady walking out to her mailbox totally alone wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. I've seen all kinds of things, people riding bicycles, jogging, all kind, you know, physical activity. That's insane. But it shows, you know, two kids, I think, were in Japan or China that were playing in school wearing masks and keeled over dead uh you know and of course none of this ever makes the news for some strange reason um well another thing i'm researching jim and i and i'm this is just preliminary research and i haven't i haven't found any confirmation of this yet but the story in itself is compelling and i i'm researching a story where some people actually became quite ill they were very if i can use the term religious and wearing their mask mm-hmm. probably like the people walking or jogging or what have you and driving alone anyway these people suddenly became quite ill uh, uh, there were two or three people became quite ill and so they rushed them into the hospital with uh, very serious uh symptoms and they thought it was covid19 but it wasn't and what they determined was it was Legionnaire's disease. Mm-hmm. And they made a com- they made the correlation between the lack of oxygen and constantly rebreathing CO2 yep. that had a direct link to Legionnaire's disease. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's so all story, kinds of things. Um, one young so this lady. This story says they. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, there's a lady. Uh, or a girl, 18, 19 years of age, working in a grocery store stocking shelves. And they forced her to wear a mask, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. And she developed a bunch of really, you know, some, you know, difficulty breathing and stuff, painful breathing. They couldn't quite figure out what was going on until they finally did a series of tests and figured out she had pleurisy, which is an infection of the outer lining of the lungs. Uh, and they right. attribute it directly to wearing that mask during physical activity five days a week, eight hours a day. And she's supposedly still off work, you know, not getting paid. And she ought to be suing her employer, you know, for that, for forcing her to wear that. And that's the thing. I, you I, know, I feel bad for employees because they're put in a position where, well, I got to keep my job. But they need to do a conditional acceptance or something saying, yeah, I'll, I'll wear your mask, but you're going to pay for everything. You're going to, you know, uh, acknowledge that if I get sick, you'll pay for all the medical stuff and my wages while I'm off. Um, cause she's screwed now as a result of that. And, you know, the employer's not taking any responsibility at all. And that's a sad well, where thing. Where do those go when you need them? Go ahead. I said, where's OSHA when we need them? Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. OSHA's, uh, their their stuff, number one, the uh, what's allowed or what they consider to be the minimal appropriate oxygen level, 19.5%, <clears throat> and all these masks that take you down to 17, 18%. But now they're reversing things because the, the 
people that are running all this are putting pressure on them to uh, say no. We're not gonna we're not gonna say anything about it. And then uh, you've got the ADA, which basically prohibits people from being denied access to services because they have a condition like you know not wearing a mask. And of course now the ADA is not. Uh, from what I hear, they're not accepting complaints on that kind of thing. Um, it's you know even they're going against their own rules. Uh, just to prolong the lie, basically. And uh, Well, Jim, I got an email this morning, and, and here again, I get quite a few of these, and these are things I try to verify before I go into any great detail, but I think this is interesting, too. I got an email this morning that Nancy Pelosi has included in this uh, coronavirus relief legislation a very restrictive uh uh, provision that on the mask that says they must be worn at all times with no further definition. Yeah, and that's not, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, the attorney that I have on my um, uh, conference calls that we do from time to, you know, a couple of times a week, and he's involved in all this COVID-19 crap, and he's uh, giving us inside stuff on what's going on with these executive orders that Trump's doing. And the uh, negotiations for the current or the next uh, edition of the COVID-19 relief packages. And, um, you know, of course, Pelosi and company are required. They want to have, you know, mail-in voting. They want to have no voter ID required. Uh, the stuff about face masks. And, of course, Trump is saying, you know, you can put that stuff in, but there won't be a bill because it's, you know, those are deal breakers. It ain't going to happen. No bill will come out that has that stuff in it. So, so far, you know, he's been uh, pretty good on that kind of thing. And uh, in the meantime, has issued the executive order using fun funds that were not used from the original package because people went to work and, you know, didn't qualify anymore or something. So he's taken the extra funds and sent them out to people that, you know, still are off work and defying them to go ahead, sue me. <laughs> you come off look, looking like you're anti-worker and anti-helping the people when they need it the most kind of thing. And he's uh, he's really playing 3D chess with these idiots, uh, which is kind of fun. But, um, you know, I don't think he's going to let anything like that go through. At least I'm hoping that's the case. Because, you know, it'd just be one more thing we'd have to ignore, but the generally dumb public would fall right in line and do it. You know, <laughs> you know face mask well, nation. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be any uh, particular uh, criteria for where they come up with these magic arbitrary numbers yeah. uh, for yeah. taking care of people with this coronavirus relief. So I have a solution if we're just going to pull numbers out of thin air and we know money doesn't mean anything. Let's just give everyone in this country a million dollars a year and uh you know, and let's go from there uh, because these arbitrary figures, 600 a week, 800 a week, uh, all of these figures, they're arbitrary and there is no substance behind them. So there is mm -hmm. no justification. So if we're going to say we're going to give money away, let's give away a whole lot. You know, it's funny. I just uh, one of the boards or groups that I belong to. Somebody just posted something the other day to that effect. They had heard that Trump is going to give a uh, million dollars to everybody over 18. <laughs> and I don't know where they came up with this stuff. I know it's not true, but um, that's something that someone else has actually floated, apparently. <laughs> well, but where do they pull these, where yeah. do they pull these figures from? Where exactly. is the justification, Jim, for mm -hmm. any figure? Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, what, whatever it is. So, you know, uh, you know, people say, well, I believe everybody ought to have a, a living wage. You know, and I say, well, I think everybody ought to earn it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, if uh, everybody is ought to have something in the by these social justice warriors, uh, why give them a little bit? Let's give everybody a whole lot. Yep. because it's it, it's not real money anyway. We all know that. So, yeah, you know, I think a million a year, you know, a couple of uh you know, hundred thousand a month or a week or what have you. You know, let's just give everybody, make everybody rich, Works because it, obviously it's that easy. It's that easy because if you could send, stop and think, if we drop back a hundred years and they said they were going to send everybody eight hundred dollars a week, what would be that equivalent today? Oh yeah, it'd be about a million dollars or more. <laughs> 
Yeah, so so let's just make everybody wealthy, and that because isn't that the uh, socialist dream anyway? Of course, sounds like a plan. Everybody, everybody's wealthy. Uh, you know, there's no source for this money because we're certainly not producing it. It's not we don't we can't show the revenue to justify the the trillions that have been spent in the last four months. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and um, you know supposedly. All the stuff that went to the people are just advances on tax refunds. They're going to pay it in their taxes in the years to come. So it's uh, that's why they're saying is we're not you know losing this money or you know taking it from somewhere else. It's just an advance, so to speak. And that's what people don't realize. Oh, you don't have to pay it back. Not now. <laughs> It'll be in your tax returns in the future. But uh, if you're silly enough to pay them. But yeah, it's. There's just so much going on that just doesn't make any sense at all. And it's going to get crazier here, you know, in the next three months. It's it's just going to be interesting to see what they roll out next. I mean, next, next week it could be, you know, zombie apocalypse or invasion from outer space. Who knows? But they'll figure something out to try and keep us under lockdown. But, yeah, they're, you know, they don't want the schools open. They don't want the churches open because, you know, that's where a lot of polling places are located. And if they can't be open, mm-hmm. then you have to vote by mail. Um, you know, this is all planned out. And most people are just too stupid to see it, which is unfortunate. But that's, you know, where we are today through, you know, the public fool system and fluoridated water and all the other crap that's out there. Um, but, you know, what really gets me, and I was talking to some, one of the guys on my last show uh, an hour ago, is... You know, if the government really cared about people, honestly was worried about the people, they would be talking about all the different things, the nutritional options, um, hydroxychloroquine, all the things that can make this bug go away in a heartbeat. You know, we literally could be done with COVID-19 in 30 days if the truth would come out. And they know the truth. But that just is proof that they don't want us to know it, that there's ulterior motives of control and, you know, lowering the population and making money and getting rid of Trump. No matter who's looking at it, you know, and I got to hand it to Trump, at least trying to get the word about hydroxychloroquine out. Um, doesn't surprise me. He doesn't know anything about nutrition, but at least the things that really work, he's trying to let people know about it. And of course, as you know, everybody's met with, okay, well, yeah, now your doctor can prescribe it, but the pharmacy won't fill the prescription <laughs> and it just goes on and on and on. So, you know, they're not going to let anything come in the way of making money and killing people with their vaccines and their high priced drugs. And, uh, you know, so it's, like I said, it's just crazy, but, um, I, you know, I just thought as soon as I saw that Kamala Harris was coming in, you know, cause she's supposedly the first black lady and she's not black, <laughs> you know, Jamaican and, and Indian. I guess you could say that her daddy was, you know, he was probably black, you know, Jamaicans are dark skin, but, um, you know, it's just really kind of interesting how they, they paint themselves as kind of like Pocahontas, you know, if mosquito bites her and takes away all of her native American blood. But, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this. But, you know, the first thing that went through my mind, I saw Jamaican, Indian. Hmm, is she natural born? And because uh, if I'm not mistaken, the parents have to at least be naturalized or something for a certain length of time or some kind of thing. Again, you know, it's not going to matter because they're going to ignore it. Um, and that's that's one of the sad things is we should have a vetting process that determines that every single candidate um, is in fact qualified for the office, but that would just not, uh, you know, fit their game plan. And Shane is calling in. I'm wondering if he's got a question or if he just wants to listen. Hey, Shane, what's up? Shane, you there? Maybe he's says he's joined. Shane, you mean yes? You got a question, or you just want to listen? Yes, I uh, do have a question. I actually have one for uh, uh, your host, um, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. I thought, I thought that this particular uh, virus was only, was only supposed to be uh, around for like fourteen days. <laughs> that, was, that was the thing, right? Oh yeah, fourteen days to uh, to flatten the curve, and that was how many. 
14 days ago, <laughs> 27, 14 day periods, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nuts. But again, it's, it's all voluntary and people willfully did it. And now they want to get on with their lives. And, uh, well, you know, guys, we were also told that once the temperature hit 80 degrees, the, uh, virus could no longer survive. And then we found out that it was so adaptable that it liked over a hundred degree heat in the Southwest. Oh yeah. Whatever they have to say, because there's no way to know whether they're telling the truth or not. And, you know, they, they use the, the, the positive test results as a way to, well, it must not be because all these people are testing positive out here. Well, it's because they're stupid idiots that they're curious. They go to get positive or get tested just for the fun of it when they don't have any symptoms and they're not sick. And anybody who gets tested just about is going to test positive. You know, and that's one of the things, you know, many of these tests have shown up to be tainted. You know, the people have been sending them through without swabbing anybody. They just take a, a test and stick it in the thing and send it in and they come back positive, which means either the, the test is that far that incorrect or in some cases, they say it's been tainted from the outset, which a lot of the tests they got from China originally were. So not only are they, you know, getting false positives, but they're infecting people when they do swab them. And, you know, that's all kinds of craziness. But, you know, they they try and drum the numbers up by these so-called positive tests. Many of the doctors out there that are being honest with you said these positive tests are absolutely immaterial. Doesn't make a bit of difference. What you need to look at is hospitalizations and deaths, and those are all going down just about everywhere. And, uh, you know, the only way they can keep those numbers up is to have everybody that dies die from COVID, regardless of whether it was a hangnail or MRSA or whatever. Um, but the whole thing is nothing but fraud, which is what this country is built on <laughs> right now. Um, financial system, legal system, everything is all fraud. And why not do the medical system, too? You know, just goes to well. Look at how many people go along with it. Yeah, yeah. The generally dumb public. Well, we'll we'll believe anything you tell us. You know, they're still believing that uh, two planes took down three buildings in New York. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if you can convince them of that, you can pretty much convince them just about anything. And well, it's amazing. I I put an article together one time of the lies that government tells that kills many, many, many people, and eventually, usually 30 to 50 years later, we find out that the government lied. And I made the point on my talk show uh, Sunday night that if the government itself was ever brought in as a witness in a legal courtroom, they would be impeached as a witness as a pathological liar. Exactly. And I, 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 I didn't get a chance to listen to the show live, but I did now. I downloaded it and listened to it the other day, and that was an awesome show. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to be on with you on, on Sunday. Uh, hopefully, Robert. I was going to ask if you and Robert are all set. I sent the uh, contact request to the guy you told me. Um, I'm not sure if I had the right guy um, because there were a couple. There was a uh, dolphin dot Dave and a dolphin underscore Dave and a couple others. I did the one that you said, and uh, I'm going to have to talk to you off the air or something to make sure because it showed his last name. I wanted to make sure that I had the right guy because I haven't respond- gotten any response back that he's approved it. And I mentioned that it was for well, your show. Um, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to send yours and Robert's uh, contact directly to him too. Okay. Uh, to make to make sure we're covered because I I really don't want any glitches uh, Sunday showtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, if it's the um, it's the same uh, transmitter and everything that I was on with you with um, uh, LB, wasn't it? Right. Okay. Because I've got that information in my Skype setting, so I should be able to call in. But uh, just to make sure, yeah, go ahead and send that to him so make sure we're on the right track because I haven't heard back. And I did it like two or three days ago. It was right after you asked me to. I, I sent the thing to him. Right. Well, Robert did, too, because Robert sent me a, a, an acknowledgement that he had done the same. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that uh, last uh, Sunday, Dave, you know, produces my show. And I know that uh, last Sunday, Dave was... Uh, uh, very much under the weather, and I hope he's doing better now. Ooh. I think he is. But yeah. anyway, I'll contact him when we're through here uh, okay. 
Jim. I'll contact him and make sure we're all squared away on that note. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm looking I'm forward sorry. to that. And for everybody else, um, that's um, Mike's show, um, Addicted to Our Own Destruction, and it airs on uh, Revolution Radio uh, Monday or Sunday night from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, the easiest way is to use uh, TuneIn. You can go to TuneIn, type in Revolution Radio, and you want, uh, is it Studio A? Is that the one? That's correct. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you can listen to it right there. That's the easy, easiest way to do it. Um, but we're going to, I don't know what we'll be talking about, but I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, I thought uh, uh, you guys can kind of brush up. We're going to talk on the Bill of Rights. Oh, okay. Cool. Nice. And, uh, by the way, I, I, I got a chance to listen to the show with um, uh, Dwayne last, or the previous week. And, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Everybody needs to listen to that show. I've got several people I want to forward it to because there were so many good things that came out, especially about the 9-11 situation. And Daryl's level of expertise is just mind-blowing. Uh, his experience well, Jim, and the things he's been involved in and uh, that kind of last thing. Saturday, last Saturday, uh, uh, Daryl drove down and uh, spent uh, the weekend with me. And I'll tell you what, I wish that you and Robert and a few other people could have uh, sat in on our, what appeared to, at least my wife said, were endless conversations. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing. Those kind of things can just go on for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I've been involved oh, in some things was, like uh, that. It was. It was, it was, uh, and you know, it seems to be that way every time I get with Daryl, whether it's on the phone or not, it's almost impossible to have a short conversation because one of us has been looking into something that intrigues the other. And mm -hmm. then it, uh, then we end up uh, exchanging, uh, what we know about uh, two or three different subjects, but, uh, you know, we really got into, uh, even finer detail. Uh, he was sitting right here where I am and, uh, now, and we were, uh, you know, last Saturday night, we got into finer detail about the absolute impossibility to take a 757 in a corkscrew dive and hit the Pentagon. Uh, you know, uh, he went into, and I wish we could have done it. Maybe I told him I want to bring him back oh, because yeah. he said that the structure structure of that 757 would not take it. It would have torn it apart. That's what uh, I was thinking. The, you know, the maneuvers that they were doing. The you know, would have had yeah. to just destroy that plane. There's no way it could have done it from everything I've heard. And uh, it's good and, to have uh, some confirmation of that. He also told me that uh, as if, if it would have been able to level off and come at it directly uh, uh, at the Pentagon, mm -hmm. that uh, he, he went into a lot of physics, which uh, I'm usually lost on that scale. Yeah, the but he ground went effects. into a lot of aeronautical physics physics and he said that the 757 would have actually tipped over forward and the tail would have flipped over the over the nose of the plane hmm. and he went into quite a bit of detail talking about that slowing down to the speed uh to hit the pentagon exactly where they wanted to hit it and remarkably they hit it right in the record section that uh, had to do with all of the documentation of which the day before Rumsfeld had said that the Pentagon was missing $2.3 trillion they couldn't find. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, isn't that special? <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the stuff that people never, ever, you know, hear because they're listening to the lamestream media. But, well, you know, I, I, all the time, pardon my stuttering, but I, this makes me angry when I get back to the fact that they tell us in 1981, William Casey, head of the CIA, said, and it's documented, we will know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Right. We're there, people. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. You know, just uh, just go to the grocery store and look at all the Kool-Aid drinking mask wearing zombies. Oh, you know, and now you, as you, as you alluded to earlier, all we have to do now, Jim, is drive up and down the highway. We can see oh, them yeah. as we pass them on the road. Exactly. Either out in, out in the open and fresh air or in their cars, either one. 
you know, and the ones, it's bad enough wearing it in your car, but man, when you're out in the, in fresh air in a park, and especially if you're jogging or riding a bike or doing something physical and you still got one of those things on, good heavens, you are the epitome of malignant dumb. <laughs> you know, that's all there is to it. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's some scary stuff, but you know, and the thing is, is, you know, you really know, because most of these places, you know, so far, no one, I, 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 everywhere I go, um, I don't wear a mask. I refuse. I don't care if they require them or not. I go in and nobody says anything and I'm waiting for the first time that some, you know, just another shopper at the grocery store or something says something, but you know, I would love to have a rational conversation with these people, but it's pretty certain that that can't happen because these per people can't form rational thoughts. You know, otherwise they probably wouldn't be wearing a mask in the first place. And well, uh, that was a point I was going to make. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, they're zombies. You know, all they want to do eat brains. <laughs> they got to have something that they don't have of their own, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Walking Dead is real. <laughs> Yep. I mean, they're crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I belong to this local, it's a bulletin board called next door and it's designed for, you know, residential areas and junk. And they have specific ones for, you know, your particular area. And I've had so many things where these people are calling in and say, Hey, I'm making masks and I've got all these, you know, the OSU football in Michigan and all this junk and everybody's all excited. They want them. <laughs> And then we have the boneheads that, you know, the local dog park, everybody keeps getting their car broken into. I said, you idiots, number one, lock your doors and don't leave anything valuable out in plain view. These people are so freaking stupid. Um, they're just amazed. You know, and, and, of course, the, uh, the people at the park, the staff say, yeah, we've had a rash of this because you people are idiots. Leaving your stuff out where it can be seen and many times leaving the windows open and the doors unlocked and all this stuff. And you wonder why your things aren't there when you come back? Duh. Um, and they're probably, I, I can't tell for sure, but when I drive by the dog park, I wonder if they're wearing masks. I haven't, I've seen some. <laughs> Thank goodness they're making, not making the dogs wear masks. But um, talking there, it's just a matter of time. Pelosi will probably see to that right. too. You know, you know, but the, the couple that was at the dog park, they were sitting down eating their lunch. They had masks on, but they took them off so they could eat. And some crazy lady comes up and sprays them with mace. <laughs> I saw a video oh, of that. It's just unbelievable. This crazy woman, because they weren't wearing a mask. I mean, they're trying to eat their lunch. And she hoses them down with pepper spray or mace or something. It's good grief. That's the level of stupidity these people have. Uh, they're self-proclaimed vigilantes, you know, they're moral high ground, virtual signaling, social justice warriors, you know, uh, bonehead express. So anyway, what else you want to cover? We got about 11 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, uh, you know, it, it, as you said, it is getting to, uh, it, it's getting to past the absurdity level. Mm -hmm. uh, when we look at these people and, you know, here's one of the things that, you know, uh, I was walking down the neighborhood here, uh, walking, uh, with my dogs mm -hmm. and, uh, this person, awful nice person has a sign out in their yard with a crucifix and it says, uh, fear or no faith, not fear. Hmm. And okay. I, I, you know, and it's, it prompted me to write something on Facebook. And I said, which is motivating America today? Is it faith or is it fear? And I brought up Jim also, uh, Ecclesiastes where it says we each have a, a appointed a, a day to be born and a day to die. Right. And if I, and see, this is one of the things I lean on. I don't want to get into any great detail here, but this is one of the things I lean on is my faith. Mm -hmm. And I know that to each is appointed a time to die. And when that time comes, I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. I exactly. sure can't change it. Yep. And I, I've brought up some points, especially with the, some of the groups I'm in. And one of the points I brought up, uh, which we got quite a bit of response on uh, this week, was I said, if the government says that you cannot decline a shot or a vaccination 
on religious grounds has the government not declared itself above God? Without a doubt. They honestly believe they are, you know, at least the Pelosi side of things. Um, so and that's why, one of the things. Why, are we, why is the Christian community tolerating this, Jim? Because they're sheeple and they've been brainwashed. The, the false uh, uh, understanding of Romans 13, you know, it says be subject to the higher powers. The thing is, is these people aren't the higher powers. They're the lower powers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the other thing is, is they're, most of them aren't truly, they don't know the Bible well enough to realize that the Bible is loaded with situations where, you know, God made it very plain that if, if government goes contrary to what I'm saying, you obey me and not government. Uh, the Hebrew midwives that were told by Pharaoh to, uh, or Herod, to kill all the, all the babies, and they refused, and they wouldn't do it. Uh, David, when he prayed, uh, even after he was told, or not David, Daniel, uh, where he was, uh, they passed the, the rule saying that you could only pray to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel went to his room with his windows open and prayed towards Jerusalem, Jerusalem, just like he always did. And, you know, God protected him, you know, kept him safe in the den of lions. You know, all these different situations where it's true, you know, you, you obey God, not man. And um, well, people need to realize. Well, let's it. look at the, let's look at Isaiah. Was Isaiah not told that uh, that to go out and to because King Hezekiah had turned tyrannical? Was Isaiah not commanded by God to go out and preach against what the uh, authority was doing? Oh yeah, so many times, you know. Um, uh, good grief. Um, Shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Um, you know, Ahab and Jezebel. Um, uh, oh, shoot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's preaching against them. And I the understand. What's that? Uh, I understand uh, totally. Mm -hmm. uh, I I was I'm just uh, just got a message uh, which I'm looking at. Pardon my diversion of attention, but from my producer, and he said uh, that there's a lot a lot of Jim Rams on Skype, and he hasn't gotten anything from you. Hmm. Well, I and sent his, something to his, somebody. <laughs> his, um, his address is is dolphin underscore Dave. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Let me see if I can find that text. That message real quick and see what it was. Um, gosh darn this! I hate Skype. Every time I try and do one thing, it does something different. And of course, this doesn't. <laughs> I under it. I resemble that remark. I'll tell you what. You say his is dolphin underscore, because I think the original thing said dolphin dot. D a v e, all lowercase. Yeah, I think the original one said dot instead of underscore. And I, I found one of each, well, and I sent that, it to. Uh, that must have been my my problem. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, and that's probably why the guy didn't respond to me. But I'll see if I can uh, find it, and we'll I'll do that after the show. But um, okay. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's the thing is uh, one of the big problems is, and this goes back quite a ways. If you remember, um, quite some time ago, several years ago. There was a big thing where Homeland Security was setting up a, they call it the clergy response team, and they were trying to get clergy members to, and this was back when Obama was in office, to uh, basically uh, preach the obey government without any question, you know, version of Romans 13. And a friend of mine was um, a pastor, you know, not too far from here in Bell Fountain, uh, who was in on one of the things in Ohio and blew the whistle on it. He went for the, to the first meeting to see what they were talking about, and after that he said, that's it, I'm done with this. And he got on every radio show he possibly could to tell the truth of what they were pushing. And he was, at the time, he was a, um, a chaplain at a local hospital. And one day he went in and his office was locked, the name tag was off the door, and he was told that he was no longer chaplain here. you got to leave. <laughs> and it was all because of his uh, activities blowing the whistle on this stuff. But they wanted to get the clergy 
to tell all the gun owners and everybody that, oh, when you're told you need to turn in your guns because government said so, and you need to follow Romans 13 and all this crap. And uh, he said, ain't no way. That's not Romans 13. But uh, that's one of the big problems. And uh, Chuck Baldwin and his son, Tim, put out a book a couple of years ago. Well, actually, this one is just recent uh, on Romans 13. It's really pretty good um, from a legal and uh, clergy standpoint. And um, there are so many things out there that just, you know, shoot holes in this stuff. Last night at church, my preacher did a message called a, a, a reminder to the redeemed. And it was all about, you know, he'd driven somewhere for about an hour and a half away from home and passed all these churches that are boarded up, closed up, roped off and everything else, signs out front. We hope that we can have in-person services again real soon and all this garbage. And he's like, what's the matter with you people? You need to be out there. You need to be open. You know, the one thing of normalcy that our church members have is when we come to church on Sunday, it's like nothing ever happened. I mean, people are sitting right next to each other. We couldn't social distance if we wanted to because the building isn't big enough for that, considering the number of people. We had 100 people the other day, and uh, it was full. And uh, nobody's sick, nobody's, and everybody's hugging and shaking hands and stuff and having a good old time just like nothing ever happened. And that's the way it needs to be. We need to be out there, you know, following Hebrews 10, 25, and, and uh, you know, everything that says, you know, forsaking, you know, forsaking yourselves, the, the assembly is together, just a manner of some is, so much more as you see the day approaching, so on. Um, we need to be doing these things, and this is a time when the gospel needs to be spread, not kept in a uh, bushel. And uh, it was a good message, but... Um, you know, it's just one of those things. There's so many churches. You know, we've got people coming to our church now that, you know, can't get to their own because it's closed. And they'll drive, you know, half hour, 45 minutes or longer just to get to a church that's open. And we're probably going to pick oh, up membership because uh, once the other church is open, they're going to say, well, we like this place, <laughs> even though it's farther away. But go ahead. Hey, Jim, are you familiar with a uh, uh, 19th century uh Re revivalist by the name of uh let's see what was his name charles finney are you familiar with him yeah i've heard the name um he was a real fireball preacher as i recall um okay i've got a quote i would like to read of his very quickly sure. and i think it certainly pertains to today it says if there is a decay of conscience the pulpit is responsible for it if the public press lacks moral discernment the pulpit is responsible for it if the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in Christianity, the pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. Is there anything any more timely? I'm telling you what. <laughs> That's a good one. Send that to me if you would. I want to. I want to put that on our welcome center display. <laughs> I'll I'll get it to you as soon as we're done here, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what. That's a great one. There's so many good ones out there, and you know that's the thing is the the clergy realize you know if they're smart they realize what a heavy burden they carry, and uh, unfortunately you know during the the great um, uh, awakening you know, 50 years before the uh, revolution, that uh, if it hadn't been for the firing, fired up pulpits, you know, chances are we'd still be sipping tea and bowing to the queen. Uh, it was all because of the, the, the pul preachers in this country back then for 50 years were preaching, you know, got to get out there and, you know, be free. And uh, I, wrote, I wrote an article about that, Jim. It was called The Black Regiment is Missing. Be happy to send that to you Oh, as well. yeah, I'd appreciate it. And that's that's that we're out of time. Um, and Mike's uh, website's a rebel mad Redman.com and embracingtheobvious.com. And I encourage you to go there and check him out. Check out his show on Sunday from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time on uh, Revolution Radio through uh, TuneIn. And um, I encourage you. Oh, I forgot to start the music. Shoot. <laughs> Come on, go play. <laughs> oh. But anyway, thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate you being here. Same uh, to you, Shane, and all the listeners out there. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We'll see you live on Monday. God bless.